All right, friends, it's time for another clinic debrief on our Everyday Mulemanship podcast. I'm Ty Evans, and uh, thank you for hanging out with us today. We're going to talk about Gunnison, Colorado. We just completed our seventh clinic there, seven years in a row. Wow. You know, Gunnison, Colorado was actually my first clinic out of state, first time doing a clinic outside of Utah, and uh, that was back in 2015. and you know, we've been doing clinics now nine years, started nine years ago. And, and so I had been doing clinics about three years before I got invited to go to, to Gunnison there. And, and we went, did a clinic there the first year, I think there was five or six people. And, and now we have a waiting list to get into this clinic and, and, uh, three full classes, you know, 30 plus people. And it's just amazing. You know, a huge thanks to Megan Mansing. Megan is our, our clinic host out there. And I've had Megan here on the podcast. I'm sure you guys have listened to, uh, she's actually been on a couple of times and, uh, hopefully you've enjoyed her episodes. She's been great. And, you know, Sky and Gunnison, they consider each other sisters, <laughs> you know, lost sisters because, uh, they just, uh, they're, they're the best of friends. And, um, we're just very grateful for Megan and all she does to put this clinic on. And um, we got a lot of good, we had a great time, a lot of good stuff to talk about. You know, one thing that I want to mention though, every time I go out to Gunnison, I go fly fishing. And a few years ago, Megan and her husband, Seth, give me a fly rod as a gift. And, you know, it meant so much to me. Um, I've always enjoyed fishing somewhat, you know, I grew up bait fishing with my dad and, you know, it's fun. It's fun. Um, but oh my gosh, when I got introduced to this fly fishing, I just loved it. But you know what I really love about it is there's so many parallels to mulemanship and the lessons, the lessons that we learn in mulemanship really apply to all aspects of life. Um, but there's a lot of parallels to fly fishing and, you know, we went out to Gunnison early, a couple of days early. We like to go out so I can go fish and we can go ride a little bit. And I went fishing with Seth, Megan's husband. And and this time he was, you know, and each year I go back, he gives me another lesson. You know, he, he get, he's, he's a great teacher. Um, and I really enjoy hanging out with him because he's just pro at what he does. You know, um, his whole life is fishing and it's kind of like me, my whole life is meals, right? And um, but this year, his lesson to me was, he kept, he kept telling me, it's all about presentation. Like you got to present that fly to those fish in a way that makes, makes it desirable for that fish to want to go take your fly, right? That fly's got to look real. It's got to look desirable. They've got to want that fly and how you present it to them will make all the difference in whether you catch it or not. And as he's teaching me this lesson, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I was just saying the same thing a couple weeks ago at another clinic. It's all about the presentation. You know, how you guys present things to your mules is going to totally dictate whether they go with you or not. It's going to totally dictate whether they take you up on that good deal or not. You got to present it, everything we do, you got to present it to the mule in a way that makes it desirable for them to want 
that thing, to want to go with you. Be where you are, go where you are. It's just super critical. And, um, you know, there's so many other great lessons in fly fishing. I just, I just love it, you know, and, um, there's things that take a lot of repetition and Seth, uh, Seth was giving me crap because, you know, I'm not very good with all my knots. And so <laughs> I don't know if I want to tell this on the podcast, but I, I couldn't remember my, my knot to, to tie the fly on. I'm like, oh man, I hadn't fished for, actually hadn't fished for years since the last time I was in Gunnison. And, uh, <laughs> I can't remember how to tie this knot. And, uh, so Seth helped me tie the knot and he taught me again. He's taught me pretty much every year. He has to reteach me that. But the reason he has to reteach me is because I am not practicing it. Just because I show up once a year and he takes me fly fishing and I tie the knots and I do this and I blah, 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 whatever. It's not good enough, friends. It ain't good enough. I, I got to do it more to remember and to retain the knowledge on time that's not. It's the same thing with your mulemanship. You, you got to practice this stuff. You can't just do it once a year or whatever and have it work. There's some people that just come to one clinic a year. And I have other people that come to, you know, five, six, seven clinics a year. But it doesn't really matter how many clinics you come to. It matters what you're doing when you go home. You got to practice this stuff. You got to implement this stuff. And it's so important. The other thing that I want to mention, um, we got a great friend up in uh, in Colorado, and you've you've also heard her on the podcast. Her name is Lisa Talk. In fact, she had uh, she has our top. I think it's our top podcast so far for twenty twenty one. Lisa Talk, she's great. She's just so cool. She hosts a couple of clinics for us down in Arizona. She's got a home up in Crested Butte, Colorado, right by Gunnison, and she invites us up there for dinner every year. And we, I just love going to Lisa's house. And she's an incredible cook. Oh, she makes spaghetti and meatballs, everything homemade. Just incredible. It's so good. I'm, It's making me hungry right now thinking about it. But I love going to her house. I love hanging out. And so does my whole family. My wife loves going there. Sky, she loves going there. And my daughters love going there. It's just great. Why do we love going there so much? Because she makes us feel so comfortable. And you guys can all think of somebody right now. Can you think of somebody you love going to their house or being around that person, being around that individual? And this is how we feel hanging out with Lisa and her family. We just can't wait. It's it's so it's so good. It's so welcoming, right? And this is how I want to be for my mules. Well, and for all of you guys too. I, I want you guys to feel that way around me too. But especially, I want to feel that way. I want my mules to feel that way around me. I want them to just can't wait to to hang out with me. And I have some that are like that already. I have some, you know, I got a couple right now that I could I could ride them all day, walk out in the pasture, and they'd still come up and still stick their head in the halter and be ready to go again. They just enjoyed being with me. But I want to be 100%. And this is hard. So... Those are a couple lessons, not even in, in the clinic yet. Those are just a couple of lessons in life, just going to Gunnison. I just wanted to share those things. But let's start talking about folks. Uh, that probably sounds funny. Let's start talking about some people. Um, day one, mulemanship one, was a little rough for my friend Kate Doty. 
Kate is 13 years old, and she brought a young mule named Roscoe. And I think she told me Roscoe's four years old, if I recall. Now, Roscoe was pretty nervous, and Kate has had some issues at home working with Roscoe. But, you know, he was pretty nervous there. And I walked in to the clinic, and I could see how tight that mule was. I could see how bothered that mule was. I looked at Kate. She was tense. So I told her, I said, hey, you need to get doing some serpentines. I want you to do some big, just big, sweeping, wide serpentines. And not one, I mean, it wasn't, I, I turned around to step up on my mule and Kate is going across the arena. That mule took off running and then set up and bucked and just chucked her off. And she probably flew 15 feet and, and rolled. She just did a tuck and roll and got right back up on her feet. She was fine, unfazed. But I was thinking, crap, geez, I was, you know, I, I could see that mule tense and I knew that Kate needed to get to work on some serpentines. But I was thinking, geez, I should have just said, get off and do some groundwork right there. Right. You know, I, I could see, I could see it coming. But I thought, serpentines, she can handle that. Nope. Couldn't do it. Crap. Right. So I tell her, okay, come over here to the middle. And I want you doing groundwork here. And so she did groundwork and I had her do moving half circles up and down the arena, up and down that arena while we were, you know, basically doing the introduction to mealmanship one. And she probably did that 25 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. And then she got on. So basically I got everybody else moving and they got going, got working. And then I gathered them around and then I had Kate get on, right? So Kate's getting on. Now she's working her meal kind of on her own. So she doesn't have this whole you know, the energy of the whole herd of the whole class going around her and she's doing pretty good. So we get working and, and we worked, I don't know, I think we probably worked an hour, maybe, maybe not quite that long. And <laughs> Kate went over to the fence and, and uh, this is learning experience for her. She, she learned from this and now she knows. Uh, I mean, if you're riding a tense cult, don't do this. She walked over the fence, grabs a water bottle, takes a drink, crinkles the water bottle. Mule freaking lights it up and dumps her hard. And, you know, now she's shook up. So I say, okay, you're going to the groundwork class with Roscoe. You're done riding her here. Because that mule needed, I mean, that mule is just so tight, you know. So there's a couple lessons in this. Now, Kate ended up fine. Those of you that wonder, she, she just fine. She went and actually grabbed another meal. She brought two meals. So she grabbed another meal and rode it in the mealmanship one class, came back, got right back on, rode, rode Jolene, or another mule. And Roscoe went to foundation. Number one, what I learned is I could, I, I knew that mule had the absolute potential right there to just light it up and buck her off. I saw it when I walked into class. That's why I told her to do serpentines. But now I realize by the time that this was all happening, by the time that I told her she needed to do serpentines, the mule was just on the edge of the cliff. It was just a matter of that cliff just starting to crumble before it fall off. And at that moment, the way that mule looked, I should have said, hey, get off that mule right now. Do some groundwork right now. But I was, no, serpentines. The lesson is, you guys, you got to address those issues. When that mule's worked up, you got to address it before they get too close to that edge. You got to get to work before they're on the edge of that cliff. 
by the time I told her it was too late. Thank goodness she's just fine. Now, Kate is so cool, and I'm going to talk about Kate here in another aspect in just a second, but she's so cool. She's such a hard worker. Um, I, I'm super impressed with her, and, and I wish – I just love when, when, when young people come to the clinic. You know, like I said, Kate's 13, and I've had a lot of – a lot of teenagers come to the clinics lately, and I just love it. This next generation, there's some good kids. And for them to show up and want to do a clinic, there's some good kids, okay? They're, they're just fantastic. And Kate is an amazing young woman. And what I wanted to mention is on a potluck night, which was the most amazing potluck I've had in a, quite a while. I mean, Gunnison participants brought, I mean, they brought it, and it was amazing potluck. There was so much food. Uh, we are just so blessed to live in a country where we can have food like that because it's it was just brilliant. Um, at the potluck uh, this year, and I just love that Megan and and the anonymous donors put this together because it was it was as much as I don't like being put on the spot to give people awards because that's what Megan made me do. She said you're giving the awards, and I didn't even have a criteria on how to give these awards, but as much as I dislike being put on the spot like that, I do love that there were some awards at this clinic that people could, you know, be recognized. And uh, Megan wanted me to recognize one person from each class. And then an anonymous donor give $100 to be used towards a future clinic with us. And I decided to give that $100 award to Kate Doty because she wants to learn, you know, and, and Kate has called me and Kate has asked questions and she's really tried and, you know, she wants this stuff to work out. She wants Roscoe to work out. She wants her meals to work out. She's got a cult she's starting. She's got a yearling at home that's going to be ready to start next year. It's just great. And so I give Kate that $100 award and I just want to say good job, Kate. You know, even after taking those hits, after taking those hits, she still was willing to come back and, you know, granted she did switch meals, which was, I mean, I, you know, I told her to, <laughs> um, she came back, she kept trying, she kept working and there's so many kids. I, I know a lot of young men her age and I'm not trying to be all sexist or something, say boys and girls, whatever, but a lot of young men that act all tough, like they're tough young boys, would get dumped on their head like she did, and they'd go cry to their mommies. And Kate got herself put together. And I, you know, I, I've had to teach myself to say, are you okay? Because remember, the world I come from, you know, rodeoing and, and the, the Western background that I'm part of, you know, I mean, <laughs> I never asked my buddies, hey, are you okay? I'd see them after they got dumped off a horse, I'd, I'd say, oh, well, he, he's only limping. He must be fine. He walked out. If he if they walked out of the arena, they're fine. It, it was only if they had to get hauled out on a stretcher that there was something to be concerned about. That's That was where I come from. So I've had to learn how to say, are you okay? And when I went up to Kate and I said, are you okay? She, she looked at me like, I'm fine. Don't ask me if I'm okay. Of course I'm okay. <laughs> you know, and just a tough gal and. And I always joke, and I want to be like Kate when I grow up. But good job, Kate. Um, while we're on the awards and the potluck night, this was pretty cool. Um, there was a lady named Donna that that uh, did the foundation class, and um, 
so so basically these awards I didn't have much of a criteria to give them so I kind of give them to somebody that stood out as working hard okay or, or or something and Donna in the groundwork class she was asking great questions all the time and she was not scared to walk up and ask me to watch her and critique her and this is critical if you guys come to a clinic I want you to take advantage of me. I want you asking questions. I want you to use me up and just, I enjoy that. I, that's, that's fulfilling for me is when somebody, you know, really, really uses me for, for, for what I do. This is what I do. This is what I've, you guys, this is what I spent my whole life doing. I study this stuff. I work at this stuff. I want to get better. I want to help you guys get better. And so when I go to a clinic and people don't ask for very many questions, or they really, you know, which is surprising when somebody comes to a clinic but doesn't really want critiquing. But that happens, believe it or not. And they, you know, it's it's a struggle for me at that clinic. But when somebody like Donna shows up and she's asking questions and she wants critiquing, and then she's actually applying what it is I'm telling her. She's actually using it. Because some people ask me a question, but I can tell they're asking in a way where they've already answered themselves and they just want me to answer to confirm that. And that's okay. But when I don't answer in confirmation of what they thought, they don't really like it. They kind of say, that's not really what I'm looking for. That's not really what I want. That's not really what I want to do. And, and so then it's like, well, why'd you even ask? You know, why'd you even ask? So, I give Donna the award and uh, for, for the foundation class. For the Mulemanship One class, uh, another amazing woman named Kate Vassell, I, I give her the award. Now, Kate, um, she's probably listening to this podcast right now. She listens to all the podcasts. She watches all the videos. She's active on our Facebook group, um, Ty Evans Mulemanship Clinics. She's been coming to clinics. She works hard. And she practiced every evening. Like she, she was really working at it. I ask everybody, and if you've been to a clinic, you know how I do this. If you haven't been, this is what you can prepare for. But I give homework every night. I say, this is what I want you to work on tonight. This is what I want you to do. And this will help for tomorrow. Kate did homework every day. And I, and I know she, she's working at home because she's posting videos on Facebook, showing what she's working, showing what she's doing. So I give her that award because just that work ethic, um, that work ethic will surely pay off. A lot of these things just take repetitions. A lot of this stuff takes time. And if you're willing to repeat and take some time, you'll get somewhere for sure. So good job to you, Kate Vassell. Now for the cow working, I give Joan uh, the award. Now Miss Joan has been coming to clinics for years. And her mule dolly, her and her mule dolly, they've been working at this for a long time. And uh, Joan was in the cow working, and on day one, I I started out, I, I let three of them take the whole herd, and basically I set two cones up on the end of the arena. And I wanted them to drive the, the herd, which is 12 head of cows and steers, through through those cones and then back down here to the roe deer. And uh, I started out with groups of three, so three would take all of them. And then I went to groups of two would take all of them. And then I, I kind of loved to joke, I said, okay, I'll... I had three of you take all of them. Okay, now I had two of you take all of them. What's next? And they go, no way. And I say, yep, one of you is going to take all of them. 
And people are a little intimidated by this. You know, then they kind of see how it works and they kind of get the idea and then they can do it. Now, Joan was one that was not confident. She's like, no way. I'm like, you can do this, Joan. You can do this. And she did it. She took them, went, got through the cones and brought them back. And just to see the smile on her face and her excitement and she could do this. And you guys, all of you can do this. The stuff that you think is so difficult and so far out of your reach, you take little steps towards it. You take little bites toward it. And, you know, you can get it done. And this is what Joan did. And so seeing her her do that was was just super rewarding. It was it was just amazing. And um, so good job, Joan. I also get give an award for uh, to the person that has attended the most Gunnison, Colorado clinics. And I actually, well, it would go to Megan because, you know, she's the host, obviously. Um, but since she put the award up, um, I give it to Lisa Taka. Lisa had only ever missed one year. So she had been six out of seven years and, you know, works at this stuff really hard. So she won the award for coming to the clinic most times. Of course, like I said, Megan had, uh, you know, she, she's hosted, but since Megan put up, you know, was in charge of that, then she didn't want to win it herself, <laughs> of course. So anyways, that was really fun. I'm glad they did that. And I, and I wish uh, all the clinics would do that. that. That'd be pretty cool. You know, we've had a few others that have done, I've done that up in Washington a few times and that's been kind of neat and a few others, but that was fun. Now I want to mention another lady. This is just, uh, this is just so cool. Um, just, you know, the people that are willing to, what they're willing to do to come and work and, and, and continue learning is just, it just doesn't cease to amaze me. You know, I've talked about it before on this podcast. I've had people come to a clinic the day after they do chemotherapy for their cancer. I have people come to clinics with broken legs, broken arms, broken ribs, bro- I mean, all sorts of issues. They show up so they can learn. Claudia, she shows up and she's wearing a oxygen pack. So she's got she's got oxygen. We're high up. We're in Gunnison, Colorado. We're at 8,000. I think it's 8,000 feet there. Uh, Megan might have to correct me on that, but 8,000 something feet. And she's got her horse, Montana. And they're in the groundwork class. Now the groundwork class is busy. You know, if you've been to a groundwork class, you're working, you're moving. It is a physical class. Absolutely. And Claudia shows up there. I'm not sure how, how old Claudia is. I'm not sure her age, but she might beat me for guessing, but I, I'm guessing somewhere around 70 and, um, shows up with oxygen and she's willing to do the work. And it's just amazing. I have I've had some people not show up because they have a cut on a pinky or, you know, broke a finger or something. And, and just good job to those of you that are just tough as nails and show up and you're willing to keep working and not let, not let your body hold you back. Now I know some of you, you can't help it. And I've been there too, but sometimes you, you can't help, but you know, your body does hold you back. But those of you that, that can and still show up and still work at it, I want to be like you guys. That's just, it's just amazing to me. So I just want to give a shout out to Claudia for showing up and doing the foundation class, packing around oxygen. It's just incredible. It's just amazing. So good job, Claudia. And, and her and her horse, Montana, did uh, amazing. So 
Okay, so I want to mention, um, I kind of talked about Joan and smiling during the the cow working, but, and something about the cow working, you know, mostly because, you know, you, you get humbled by the cattle, okay? The, if, if if you're thinking you're really cool, if you think you're hot stuff, just go go try to work a mule and cattle. And you will be humbled before you know it. They'll tell you how to live your life. And, um, you know, I do a lot of laughing during the cow working. Um, because if you don't laugh, you can get frustrated. You can get bothered. You can get offended. You can let the cows offend you. Don't be offended by a freaking cow, okay? But you can. And, and so we did. It. We all did a lot of laughing. And the folks in the cow working class were just tough as nails too, because it rained on the cow working class every day. And the first day it rained hard and, and it started raining and the wind picked up. And within about a minute or two, that arena was now a pond. And, um, you know, they just stuck it out. And I asked them because it was starting to lightning a little bit in the distance and the rain was just pounding down hard. They could barely hear me on the sound system, you know, and I said, you guys want to keep going or do you want to call it? Do you, you know, it's up to you guys because I'm here. I'll do it. I don't have a problem with the rain. I mean, it sucks, but you know, otherwise I got to go sit in my crammed trailer, and <laughs> listen to my, my daughter's fight over toys because we're all stuck in the trailer. So I would rather be out there in the rain. Um, so they said, yeah, let's keep going. And I thought, these are my kind of people. Let's just keep going. And we did, we went, we kept going, we rode through the rain and it kind of petered out a little bit toward the end, which, which was great. Hallelujah. Right. And, um, but as we worked each day in the cow working people, their confidence grew. It's amazing what a job will do for an animal. And, uh, it was, it was, it was really fun. It was really fun to see the progress and the smiles. Everybody just, after they'd go and, and have a turn, every one of them come back with a smile. And if you've been to a clinic, you've heard me joke, especially in the mealmanship one class that, you know, everything's easier if you do it with a smile and everyone, everybody in the cow working came back and they were smiling. And so that was just, it was just great. I just wanted to point that out. Remember to smile. Okay. Um, I want to mention, uh, uh, another couple, I kind of mentioned Donna already. Um, she's the one that won the award and foundation, but she also did mealmanship one and, and her friend Jill came along and Jill had a, a, a draft cross, um, horse. Uh, and they were on the first day of mealmanship when I'm talking about how we're going to lope on the last day. If you come to mealmanship when the first day we walk, tra do transitions at the walk, the second day we do transitions at the trot and, Day three, we lope. And um, both Donna and Jill said, no way, no way. Uh, th there's no way we can lope. You know, they were just totally worried about loping. And uh, the second day, we got them to trot, and they felt a little bit better. And and uh, by day three, they loped. And just to see both of their confidence soar, realizing that they can lope and they can live and lope. <laughs> it's amazing how you can survive and lope. And, um, it was, it was really, it was really special. And so any of you listening that are coming to a clinic and you lack confidence in the transitions, I'm going to, I promise I'm going to take care of you and we're going to work through it one little piece at a time to where you get comfortable 
going through transitions. And I've talked about the importance of transitions before on this podcast. You know, it's it's crucial, you, you guys, that you have control of your horse, your mule, your donkey at all speeds and transitions. It's super important. And those that don't, well, you reap what you sow. Those that don't have incredible problems, and I see it. Take it from somebody that I get to work five, 600 mules a year, friends. I get to work a couple hundred horses a year. I get to work 20 or 30 donkeys a year. And the ones that struggle with transitions or aren't willing to work on transitions or don't work at it, um, they have a lot of issues. So if you're coming to a clinic, I promise I'm going to help you with those transitions. So, hey, we're going to take a quick break right now and thank one of our sponsors. We'll be right back. I got more stuff to talk about on our Gunnison, Colorado clinic debrief. Be right back. Hey, I want to thank our amazing sponsors at Mules and More magazine. Mules and More has been around a long time. It's a great magazine. And uh, shoot, I've been reading this magazine since I was just a little kid. I remember my dad subscribed to this when I was little and I'd read it every month and loved it. And now uh, our good friend Corey Daniels has taken over as editor of this magazine the last few years and she has done an amazing job. Um, also, did you know that Meals More comes in a digital format? You can download it on your phone, read it wherever you're at. So, hey, be sure to check them out, mealsmore.com. And, uh, you know, hey, tell them Ty sent you. I'd be very grateful. Mealsmore.com. Okay, we're back with our Gunnison, Colorado clinic debrief. You know, I just had so much fun at this clinic and, uh, this was the first year, you know, I mentioned the rain. This was the first year we haven't had just like absolutely perfect weather. Gunnison has become one of these iconic clinics and it kind of becomes a destination clinic. And, um, you know, usually it's because of the great weather. The weather's always just amazing there in Gunnison. And, you know, it's so fun to hang out there in the mountains and, and by the rivers, there's so much water there. And, and, uh, the town is kind of, kind of fun. And, um, you know, it's getting to be definitely more and more of a tourist town, which kind of makes it something special in a way. Um, you know, it, it's kind of fun to be able to go there. And I like to go to the, the fly shops and, and, uh, there's one of my favorite stores there called Gene Taylor's. And, uh, I guess they're getting a little shout out, but, um, you know, it, it's just super special to hang out there in Gunnison and, you know, it kind of, I, I mentioned, I mentioned, uh, if you, if you listen to our most recent Mule Tip Tuesday, I mentioned, you know, getting back to the why of things. And it is fun to do a clinic there in the mountains. I mean, that's why we, that's why I do what I do. I, 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 I trail ride, you know, I ride my mount, my mules in the mountains. I like to pack, I like to hunt. I like to work cattle, you know, and, and uh, doing a clinic there, it just kind of brings it to the roots of things, you know. And a lot of times people ask, you know, what is all this stuff for? And and there's a few people at the clinic this time that were having a little trouble finding finding the differences or the similarities in riding outside on the trail or in the arena. And they asked me about it. And I so I said, not a thing. You're riding on the same dirt. I don't care if I'm riding on the dirt here in the arena or the dirt out on the trail. It's the same dirt. It's the same earth. 
And you, you know, the fence, the fence in the clinic is just so I can keep the humans in. You heard it right. The humans, <laughs> I'm trying to keep the participants in there. Uh, the mules are fine. Um, you know, it's just kind of that class setting. That's why we do it in the arena. But you know, everything I do is for the trail. It's for the cow pasture. It's for the pack trip. I do these things so that I can be prepared when I go out there. You know, I was talking to the foundation class, or excuse me, I was talking to the mulemanship one class about the groundwork, the, the foundation work that I do. And, and uh, you know, I had done this little demo of the groundwork and it took me 22 seconds to do it. I had, I had uh, uh, Kelly there. She's one of the participants and a friend of mine. She, she timed it. And I come out and I, I did the groundwork. It took literally 22 seconds to do my groundwork before I stepped up in the saddle. And somebody said, so do you do that groundwork like everything? Like, do you always do that? Yeah. And I got to talking to him about one of my pack trips. And I was on a pack trip in the Uintas once. The Uintas is a mountain range in eastern Utah. And beautiful country, just spectacular. Big, high mountain peaks. Totally just amazing. And... uh I was telling them I was on a pack trip once and I had a string of five mules. I was, I was packing some people in there and helping them get their camp in there and whatever. And we're just going to go have some fun. Right. And, and, uh, I got five mules and when I pack my mules, I, I, I'll put my pack saddle on them and I, and I do a little groundwork just to check the adjustments of my pack saddle and to check the mule. And then I go ahead and put the load on. And then we string them up from there. I do that with every mule. Well, I did that with the first four. Good. I get to the fifth mule. I, go, I saddle her up. And I go to move her. Go to the groundwork. And she is she is lame. She's she's done. Like, she, there's no way she could come on this pack trip. Now, she was the whip mule. She would have been in the very last slot of my string. She would have been the the very back. So I wouldn't have paid a lot of attention to her until we got some switchbacks or whatever. She would have been just back there trucking along, okay? I wouldn't have been able to see her over all the packs, and I wouldn't be able to see how she's walking over all the packs, really. And she was lame as could be. And so that groundwork that I do before I ride and before I pack. See, most people that pack, this is what they do. They have them tied to their trailers. They pack them up, and then they string them up right there. And they, they do the whole string up. They tie the whole string to the one lead mule. And uh, they don't really ever move them. They don't move them much until they grab the... Then they ride up. And they undo it off the trailer and they ride off. And a lot of you listening might be nodding saying, yep, that's what I've done. Not me. I'll do my... I'll, I will string them up like that, but I will do my groundwork before I load and before I string up, okay? It's a good thing I did this because I, I went a long ways that day. I would have got that meal way back into the wilderness if she even made it, but way back in there. And she'd be too lame. She'd be lame that it might even be to the point where she had to be put down. She'd, she'd be so lame. You know, I don't know. It could have been, it could have, all the could have been could have been bad. Okay. But I checked it out. And so I don't care if I'm packing, if I'm riding, whatever. I'm going to go through that list every time. And it applies everywhere. So. You know, and then we went on to talk about the riding stuff. Uh, I ride the same everywhere I'm at. And I said, do you want your mule to ride between your stirrups and between your reins? Well, yeah. We got to practice that. You know, we talk about keeping the mule centered. And it all begins 
by teaching them to stay between those lines on each side and, and in front and back. They have to learn that there are lines there. You, it, it goes back to that principle. Um, you know, I heard I heard this from Warwick Schiller, but you have to build a tool before you can use a tool, and basically that means you have to you have to teach them these things. You you have to before I can expect my mule to ride centered and be perfect going down the trail, I have to teach him to move off of my leg here in my leg there, in my rein there, in my life, in my seat there. You know, I got to teach them those things. You got to build a tool before you can use a tool. And that's where it all relates. So I don't really care if I'm riding in the arena, out in the cow pasture, or up on the mountain, friends. It's all the same to me. I treat it, I treat the mule the same. I ride the same. I don't ride different. My intention is the same. I pay attention all the time. A lot of people get going down the trail and they don't want to pay attention. I heard somebody say, I, I want my mule to listen good enough that they don't draw my attention. What do you mean don't draw your attention? You should be paying attention, man. What what the crap? What are you doing? I, I pay attention to my mule all the time. Now, it doesn't mean I'm like focused, like drilling in like laser eyes at the back of my mule's head. But I'm paying attention all the time because I ride with intention. My mule should always have my intention. This is a thinking, breathing, living being. And it's like... A partnership here we get along you know and um yeah so it's all the same to me no matter what i want to mention um a i'm not gonna say say a name here on this one because it's a little touchy but you know i had one individual come in and they were having quite the trouble in mulemanship one and could not really get anything done, having a heck of a hard time. And it was clear that the donkey did not know a thing, didn't know a thing. And I, and I kind of asked some questions and they said, well, out on the trail, they're just fine. They go down the trail. And I'm like, well, are you just following? And they said, yeah. I said, so well, what if, what if you wanted to go over there? Could you go over there? And, and he said, probably not. And so I said, all right, uh, tomorrow I'd like you to come to the groundwork class. And the next day they didn't, uh, they left. And I don't exactly know why they left, except that one of the participants said that, th that they had talked to her and she said that she didn't come here to, to do groundwork. She came here to ride and she didn't need the groundwork. She just came here to ride. So she wasn't going to spend time doing the groundwork with me. I understand. But remember, you ride what you lead. The way your mule leads is, is totally going to be a, a preview for you to tell you how your ride is going to go. If they don't lead well, they're not going to ride well. And that donkey clearly did not know how to lead. It was dragging her around. Um, her, her, her poor husband got dragged around by the donkey the, the evening before. Slid about 10 feet before you finally ran into the heels of the donkey and got it stopped. The donkey don't know how to lead. If they don't know how to lead, guys, it, it, you're going to have major issues in the saddle, and that's what she was having. And I really wish she could have stayed and done the groundwork class. I really wish I could have helped her, but she left early. I have another tip for you guys. If you ever, if you're considering signing up your spouse or your significant other, Without their true desire to come to one of these, don't do it. <laughs> okay, it's this is not like a general writing lesson class. 
this is a intensive mealmanship, humanship class where, I mean, we're really working and, 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 you know, you kind of really got to want this stuff to be successful at it. If you kind of come in just casual and not really caring to get better or not really wanting to improve or not really wanting to learn, it, it's, it's not a great setting to just glide by because my point of view is, Hey, you signed up for the clinic. I'm here to help you. I'm going to push you and I'm going to expect you to work at these things. I, you know, I'm going to do my best. I'm doing my job. My job is to present these things to you and share with you. So if you show up to class, I'm going to be sharing and I'm going to be sharing my thoughts and, and my experiences with you so that you can be better so that you can learn from my experience because life's too darn short to learn from everybody else's or life's too darn short to learn from your own experience. You should be learning from everybody else's. Okay. Learn from others. So you're here to learn from my experiences in this class. So I'm going to push you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to share these things with you. So you got to be willing. So don't sign up your, don't sign up your spouse or your significant other or your friend or whatever, unless they really want to come learn. That's just a, a suggestion. Okay. Because I think that might've been the case here. And also remember you ride what you lead. Don't forget that. All right. Now I want to, Shout out to one more friend here, and and I'm going to get Nancy here on the podcast. Her name is Nancy Baldock, and she's been coming to these clinics for six years now. A great friend of mine um, and a really, really good hand. She, she, she rides good, um, very successful in the gated horse and mule world, okay? Very successful. Uh, a lot of awards won and just an amazing human being. But, you know, she comes to these things and she just continues to learn every time. And I have a lot of respect for her because she could definitely, she could definitely not come to a clinic again and get along with her mules just fine for the rest of her life. She's, she's a great hand, but she really, really wants to learn and she wants to get better. And this is the key is to want to get better than you are. You know, you should be uncomfortable where you're at and want to get better. That That's how I am. And that's how Nancy is. Is She's she's not comfortable just lingering where she's at. She, she wants to be better. She wants to be more precise. She wants to, you know, and so when she comes, you know, I'm not necessarily teaching her anything new as far as the moves go and the maneuvers and the physical part of this this stuff but she is paying really close attention to all the details and rain positions seat positions leg positions just little small adjustments that she makes to herself and her writing that is making a huge difference in in the result and um, so I just want to give a shout out to Nancy and, and anybody else listening out there that is like Nancy, that, you know, you're, you're a dang good hand, but you want to get better. Good for you. Keep that up. Hold on to that. Keep trying to be the best that you can be. And I, I think that's why we're here on earth is to be the best that we can be. And that's what I'm trying to do too. So good job, Nancy. I sure appreciate you. You know, Gunnison, another great clinic, seven years in a row. This is our longest running clinic in, in one place. And, uh, it's just amazing. And, um, you know, there's a lot of other clinics that have been going for a while. We've got, 
some that have been five years going and and whatnot and but Gunnison is leading that and I'm just so grateful for Megan Mensing for hosting and her family to her husband Seth for taking me fishing and teaching me lessons out there and you know I'm grateful to all the amazing participants that show up there um Gunnison's popular this year we're actually uh, we've had so many requests for attendance next year that we are keeping a wait list on this so if you want to come to the clinic in Gunnison make sure you email me tie at tsmeals.com to be the first notified when our clinics go online we usually post our clinics online october 1st of each year so october 1st coming up here this year we'll have our 2022 schedule up most of our 22 2022 excuse me uh schedule is pretty well put together i'm already starting to book 2023 so i can't wait a lot of a lot of great stuff coming up a lot of great mules to ride, donkeys and horses to ride, and a lot of great people to hang out with and be around and to learn from. So, hey, if if it's not too much to ask, I would love to hear from you. Let me know what you think of these podcasts. Let me know what your favorite podcast episode is. Uh, if you listen on Apple, leave a five-star rating if you think I deserve it. And leave a review. Tell me, tell me what you think. Tell me about these things. I'd love to hear from you. So, And until next time, God bless you, and we will see you down the road.